Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. I want to dive right in and just simply say this, that the journey that we're talking about is not just any journey. We're talking about the journey of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, that journey starts at Calvary. Listen to the first verse in our text. It says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice that James is not considering himself to be captured by anyone or anything else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to simply by way of introduction this morning just lay the gospel out there for what it is. Because a lot of people don't get to hear the gospel. There's people that are here, maybe you've never really heard the gospel. Maybe you've heard some version of the gospel, but maybe you've never really heard the true gospel. Maybe folks watching online, maybe you've never heard the gospel. I know I appreciate hearing the gospel. And this is the gospel. The gospel starts with the fact that man is sinful. Now, our idea of sinful is, is an interesting idea a lot of times in our flesh. We know that uh, when we say that all of sin falls short of the glory of God, I don't know that we really understand the depth of what that truly is. You realize that God has laws. He is a lawgiver. He is a law follower. And he is one that will see through that the law is brought above all criminals. Now, when we think about that, let's think about us breaking the law. So if we break the law, let's say that uh, we take the Ten Commandments, God's law, if anybody, the Bible says, has broken any one of the laws, he is guilty of them all because they all bear the same penalty. The penalty of breaking the law is death. And not just any death, not just the death of a physical body, because we know by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. But there is a spiritual death that takes place because we are lawbreakers. If we are found guilty of the law without without uh, being uh, freed from the penalty of the law, that we will spend eternity under the judgment of Almighty God because we're lawbreakers. Now, the interesting and the, one of the saddest things about that is a lot of people don't believe that it is for eternity. They believe that, you know, well, there's just, we, we, we're gone, God just annihilates us maybe, and then that's it. But that's not it. You see, because you and I cannot pay the penalty for our sin, 
Therefore, God's judgment is poured out upon us. But the thing is, it's never con we are never consumed because God's judgment never stops on us. Why? Because we can't pay the penalty. So forever and ever and ever, we are constantly incurring the wrath of God on us. If we are outside of Jesus Christ, we're constantly incurring the wrath of God on us for all of eternity in a place of eternal punishment and torment that we know the Bible teaches is hell. And that forever and ever and ever, there will be punishment there. That's pretty, that's pretty stout, isn't it? To think that, that God's wrath, as a matter of fact, the Bible even teaches us that even now that wicked people are kindling the wrath of God upon them, heaping more and more and more wrath every day that they live in it. But then we find that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross. You see, Jesus Christ came to, to die the death that we couldn't die, to pay the penalty we couldn't pay, and he did it once and for all. And so as, when Jesus Christ dies on the cross, he satisfies the wrath of God. So that when you and I are in Christ Jesus, when, when we place our faith in what Christ did on the cross, then Christ's atonement for our sins is now applied to us. We are, it, it, is, uh, it is applied to our account. Now when God looks at us, his wrath is not poured out upon us who are in Christ Jesus and that's forever and ever and ever because Jesus did a finished work. You see, James here, he says that I consider myself to be a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now in the service of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so our journey, my journey and your journey as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it begins at the cross of Calvary. So, my journey began in August of 1999. For me, it did. The, the salvation story of my life and of your life began way before that. Before the foundation of the world, we were chosen in Him. But the reality of it came to be in my life, August 1999, and a journey began at that point. We've talked about some of these things before over the last month or so, but I'm just constantly wanting to pull these things together. That you realize that the day that you were saved, if you're saved today, the day that the reality of your salvation came to be true in your life, that that day a journey began. And as we go on that journey, God is developing us, or that's the point, is that we are to be disciples. That's something you're going to hear a lot more about over the next several months at Chestnut Ridge about us being disciples and us making disciples. But, but understand that you and I are on this journey if you're in Christ Jesus. Now, let me go ahead and give you a little clue. If you're on this journey, we're going to make it. Can I get a witness? He who has begun a good work in you will see it through until the day of completion. So just take heart, my brothers and sisters. We, we're going to make it. I know in this day that we live in, we just don't know if we're going to make it or not. You know, it used to be that there was this, this devil on this shoulder and a little angel on this shoulder whispering bad things in one ear and good things in the other ear. I don't know about you, but I got a devil on each shoulder today. The day that we live in, it seems like this, this, I'm getting told one thing over here and another thing over here. And if I can encourage you in anything, when that happens, 
that means that we need to knock both of them off our shoulders and we get on our knees before God and just listen to Him. That's the greatest need I believe in the church today right now is that we quit listening to what this side says and what that side says and get on our knees and listen to what God says to us. The peace that passes all understanding. And on this journey that we're on, every test along the journey has the potential to be counted as joy. He says, my brethren, in verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I want you to hear that verse one more time. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or differing tests, uh, a diversified tests. And I, I can tell you that just because I go through something, you may not go through the same thing. But all of us, if we're on this journey, we're going to have tests that we're going to go through. And every test along the way has the potential, and that's something that you and I need to hear. It has the potential to be counted as joy by us. As a matter of fact, uh, we look at that word count. It means to consider or to deem or to think or to count it up as. Uh, in Philippians 2.6, it says, Who being in the form of God did not consider it or count it as or think it to be. He did not consider it to be robbery to be equal with God. So when we talk about that, uh, Jesus did not... Uh, uh, count it, consider it, deem it, think it, or count it up as robbery. And he says in this text, you and I are to take the same word and we are to account it as joy. Consider it as joy. To think it as joy. That joy is the same joy that, that we're speaking of in Matthew 2.10. When, when, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You know, we'll easily document the parts along the journey that bring us the most pleasure in our flesh, won't we? Y'all know how it is. We go on our trips, on our vacation trips. Very few people take pictures to put in a scrapbook of the kid screaming bloody murder in the back seat of the car in the car seat. Can I get a witness? It's like, oh, honey, get a snapshot of this. Look at Junior. The snot and the tears and the red face. I mean, get him. It's so beautiful. But no, we'll get them all prettied up and try to catch them at that one moment, won't we? And that's what we want to remember. We're quick to forget those struggles and hard times, aren't we? You know, one thing that's become a, a reality to me when it comes to uh, uh, funerals and actually, I, had, I was praying with the family just the other week as we were um, laying mom to rest and having the celebration service. I prayed with them right before we walked in, and, and I said, Lord, I pray that they would remember even the bad times because, God, there will come a time when those will be some cherished memories also. And one of the guys in the family called me a couple days later and he said, I heard what you said in that prayer. He said, I've never really thought about it like that. And I said, yeah, you'd like for mama to tear your rear end up one more time, wouldn't you? He said, I'd give anything. I'd give anything to have her whoop me one more time. Why? It's part of the journey. Now I want you to set your minds in this place. The fact that the journey has so many varied trials. 
The journey has so many varied trials, and we're quick to try and forget the struggles and the hard times. I want you to know something, though. Did you know that God bottles your tears? God's taking record of this journey. I think you and I are to take record of this journey. Every single mile of it. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The, that word trials means proving, integrity, virtue, temptation to, to sin even. What will you do with the trials and the testings along the way? I know this. I know that we will count it as joy when we trade our glory in for His testimony. I believe that you and I, and this is a place I want to land for just a few moments, I think that you and I will count it all as joy when we trade in our glory for His testimony. Uh, listen to verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That word patience can be seen also as the word endurance. When we think about faith, a lot of times we think about what we hear on TV. You know, that if you just had a little more faith, that you wouldn't be sick. If you just had a little more faith, that your bank account would grow. It's almost as if they're telling you that somewhere deep inside, you just ain't measuring up, and you need to muster up a little bit more belief in who God is, and if you'll just dig that out of you, that you would have more faith. But see, I don't believe that that's biblical because when I look that word up, I find that that is what I believe about everything that I know. And in the Christian sense, it's what I believe about God. Think about your salvation. In Ephesians chapter 2, that faith, that gift that was given to us, I believe it is the initial knowledge of who we are and who God is. Now, let that settle in for just a moment. You have to know that you're a sinner and you have to know that God came to redeem sinners and that He's holy. That is the gospel. We, we are imparted that knowledge. God opens our eyes to who we are. We go along our lives, and I don't know about you, maybe you're different than me, but I was going along my life doing my thing for me. And then God opened my eyes and He showed me my need for, for the salvation that He bought on Calvary's cross through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And I believed in that. But then as a Christian, I start walking along the way. And my faith has not grown because I've mustered something up inside of me. My faith has grown because I, I know more about Him now. I know that God would never leave me nor forsake me. How do I know that? For the Scriptures tell me so. I know that my God can do anything that He wants to do. Because I've read it in the Bible. I know that my God would never cause confusion in my life because He's not the author of confusion. God would never lie to me because He is not the father of lies. His enemy is the father of lies. And we could go on and on and on and on and on. I know that the Holy Spirit lives within me. Why? Because the Bible says that He is the guarantee of the purchased possession until the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. I know that He is my Redeemer. I know these things. That is my faith. So if you want more faith, learn more about God. Learn more about Him and you will have a greater faith. You'll have more to believe in. And let me just tell you that you'll never find an end of Him. 
I've said it so many times that the Hubble telescope, if somehow it can continue to keep going, if it ever could reach the end or the edge of a universe or a galaxy or whatever, God would just breathe another one because you will never find another, you will never find the end of who He is. He is unsearchable, the Bible tells us. Listen to this, Luke 8, 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with patience. Same word, endurance. That that's what God's wanting to build in us for this journey. And it is a very key factor when it comes to the joy. Uh, listen, to, uh, listen to this. Uh, you don't make it that that uh, patience, he makes it. Listen to the text. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, produces endurance. A lot of us can physically work out all we want to. And we can build endurance to where we could run a little further today than we did a week ago. And we might run a little further in, in another week or two. And we could build endurance to that extent. But that's not what's going on here. That through the testing of your faith, your faith in who God is, your, your, your trust in Him, the Holy Spirit bearing witness within you, that God is now producing in you endurance. I, I have a, a personal story that I can't tell you. I want to so bad, but it's actively going on in my life right now and I, it would be wrong. But I will tell you this. God has grown me to where I do not react today like I did eight years ago. It's called endurance, patience. You and I should not be the same today as we were yesterday in Christ. And why? Well, listen to Luke chapter 21, because in Luke 21, verses 13 through 19, I'm going to read these to you. Jesus is speaking to his disciples about what they would end up going through. He tells them about all the trials that they'll go through in the upcoming days and years. How that the temple in Jerusalem would fall and uh, be cast down and that they would be handed over. And listen to the text here, verse 13. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, even prophesying of the fact that Jerusalem would, would go against herself even. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famine and pestilences. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and the prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Okay? Trials. Testings. Think about our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan right now. Trials and testings. And there's a great possibility that you and I will face trials and face testings. But it will turn out for you, he says, as an occasion for testimony. I don't know how many times our folks here at Chestnut Ridge have heard over the last nearly 14 years out of my mouth that this is not about us. It's about Him. He told Israel, he said, Oh Israel, I don't do this for your namesake. He said, I do this for my great namesake. So everything that God's doing in the journey is for His namesake. Not for you, not for me. It, was, it is for His glorious 
namesake. Therefore, settle in your hearts. Now, I know this is a, a, a little bit different than what you and I are going on for as the context, but, but I think it has an a, a air of uh, necessity to, to read this. Listen to what he says. He tells them, he says, settle in your hearts. Calm down. Boy, if there's a word that we need to hear on this journey we're in today is that. Chill out. This is a little side note. Do you know that the enemy wants nothing more than for you and me to be at each other's throats? He wants nothing more than for you and me to be divided. Because a house divided will surely fall. But you and I stand on a solid foundation. We stand on the sure and steadfast foundation of the rock of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone of the church. Immovable, always abounding. Listen, therefore settle in your hearts not to, not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for, he, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated, listen, for my name's sake. You'll be hated for my name's sake. But not a hair on your head shall be lost. By your patience or your endurance, possess your souls. Now, now pull, pull this together for just a moment. He's saying there, and when he talks about not a hair on your head, I, this is what I believe. I believe that that text is talking about the fact that as long as you're in this world, in His will, that there is nothing in this world that can harm you outside of His will, nor take you out of here before it's your time. And there's a lot of division in our world today over one thing in particular. And I'm not even going to say it because they'll kick me off of Facebook if I do. But let me settle it in your hearts, my brothers and sisters. Your greatest need is to be in the will of God. If in God's will you know you're supposed to do X and not Y, then do X. If you're in God's will and you know you're supposed to do Y and not X, then do Y. But you better know you're in His will. You better know you're right in God's will. Paul knew that he was in God's will. Hurricanes, I, I say, tempest upon the sea, tearing the boats apart. Paul says, chill out, folks. I had an angel come and tell me it's going to be all right. He said, because I've got an appointment in Rome. He knew that he was in the will of God. And if it becomes mandated that you have to have X to get on an airplane and God calls you to Africa as a missionary, guess what? Nothing will ever take you out ahead of time in the will of God. God has an appointment, a journey for us all. There's joy in rejoicing that we trust Him more today than we did yesterday. I just want you to know that. He says, count it all as joy. Listen to James 5, 7 
through 11. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. And might I just say, I'm looking for the signs at any day. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do you, do you get what he's trying to drive across to uh, us, the, the point that he's trying to get across? Our greatest need is to focus on our relationship with him and to be right with him. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience or endurance. Our word. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, here's a good question. You have seen the end. How will you finish? You know, we're talking about a journey, endurance along the way, and that as we go along the way, we realize that the trials that happen to us, if we will not get, if we will get ourselves out of the way, then we know that the things that happen to us, we will count them as joy because we will count them as things that have happened, that have sifted through the hands of God, and we will give Him glory for them. It's a hard thing to praise God when people are sick. It's an easy thing to praise God when people get better. But in all the avenues of life, you and I are to praise Him, not out of the storm, but in the storm. Praise Him before we ever get to the storm. Job's a real person. He showed much patience. Yet he always returned to the fact, he showed much impatience, I'm sorry. If you study the life of Job, you'll find out that there was, Job would get impatient at times. But he would always return to the fact that he had committed himself to the Lord. And if I can encourage you in something before we get to the end of this message, we all stumble. We all along this journey will have times when we don't count it as joy. But as we go along, we find out that God's faithful. That we, if you're like me, a lot of times I've seen God after I try to fix things myself, I see God come through and I go, well, if I would have just waited just a few minutes or a few days or a few weeks, I'd have seen God come through. I don't mean to plug too many things but about uh, what's going on around here, but I can't help but do it. I, I, I knew before COVID ever hit, didn't know COVID was coming. But I had already started talking to people about us putting a building right here. An outdoor building because I felt led that, there was, that we needed to be able to have a service outside. And I talked to people before... Last year, before COVID ever hit, we've not pushed people to give to that project, but yet there's right at $20,000 that's been given already. There was a time in my life when that wouldn't have been true for me. I'm not worried about that building. If that building means to be up, God will put that building up. I'm not going to stress over that. 
I'm just going to follow God. He's never led me wrong thus far. And there's been times in my life when I would try to get ahead of Him and push so hard. And over the course of time, God works in our lives and He, he teaches us, just calm down if He can take me from here to eternity. A place that I've never seen before. I've only read about it. I've heard people sing about it. And I, as C.S. Lewis once again said, if I feel within my heart a longing which nothing in this world can satisfy, it must mean that I'm meant for a different world or made for a different world. And I'm telling you that you and I, God wants us to now, as trials and tribulations come, to count these things, to, to consider these things that happen in our lives as joy. What? That it's a place of testimony. Instead of us wringing our hands, we say, praise God for what's going on in my life today. Because He allowed it. And everything that's going on in your life sifted through the hands of Almighty God. In the end, He showed a spirit of enduring perseverance. Verse 4 says, let patience have its perfect work. That you uh, may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You've heard of the endurance, that endurance of Job, and seen the end intended by the Lord, he says in the text that I was reading, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Compassionate. I want to talk about our God for just a second as to who he says he is in these times of uh, a trial when we should endure. He's compassionate. In the trials, the weight laid on Job was given to press on him, but not crush him. And we know that 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 says this, We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Not only is the Lord compassionate, but He is merciful. And He's merciful for His glory. Did you know that God is working out a gracious end that exalts Christ? How many of you have seen Christians that were, had this tremendous testimony for the Lord God in times of trials and tribulation? Yeah. Unfortunately, those seem to be fading, those testimonies. Sometimes we have to read about them more than we actually know of those testimonies in real life. You and I have an opportunity. Did you know that? You and I have an opportunity each day of our lives, no matter what comes or goes, to bring a testimony of the Lord because He has given us the opportunity with His working out a glorious end to exalt Himself. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4, 10 through 17. Carrying on that thought, he says, Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for, the, for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to, that, uh, to what is written, to believe and I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus, and present us with you. 
For all things are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving, listen, to abound uh, into the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, listen, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We're going to make it, folks. In Christ Jesus, we're going to make it. Did you know that enduring all, I mean, allows us to see the fruit of what God wants to do in us and through us? As I mentioned just a moment ago, a lot of times we can miss what God's intending because we get anxious. That's why I don't want us to miss the fact that there is joy along the journey because we focus too much about the potholes in the road, the trials along this journey. You and I have the glorious opportunity, and I, I just, I'm just going to tell you, I've never been more proud to be a part of what's going on here at Chestnut Ridge than I am today. I just told somebody just a moment ago, I said, we got some good folks here. And it's the only thing good about us is Christ. We, that's our testimony. Is the only thing good about us is Christ. But we exalt Christ. And God is doing incredible things around us. And He's doing things through you. He's got great plans for you. And this journey that we're walking on, we're going to walk it together. It's not easy. We need each other. That's why Galatians 6 says that you... When a brother is, is fall or sister is stumbles or falls, that you who are spiritual go and restore such a one. Do it in a spirit of gentleness and meekness, taking careful because you might just get a big head and find yourself in the same place. That's my translation. You might just get a big head and find yourself in the same place that they're in if you ain't careful. So, if I can leave you with anything today. I want to leave you with the encouragement to stop listening to everything that's going on and seriously start listening to Him. How many of y'all could do turning the TV off for just a little bit? My phone, I just looked at it a moment, or here it is, I thought it was over there. I just looked at it just a second ago, and I'm thankful for this weekly screen time report that comes across. Because it tells me just how much I've been looking at this thing. And I had me a little praise moment a minute ago. Weekly report down 14% this week. And let me tell you why. It's because I have quit listening to this side and that side. And I've been paying attention to what's going on in here between me and him. Some of you need to give up the fact that you know how to run this country. Amen. I know what happened, and let me just give you a... See, I know what happened. When they shut down eating inside, see, that's where all the old men used to meet and solve all the world's problems. 
And so the reason we have so many problems now is because the old men ain't sitting in there solving the world's problems in Bojangles is like they used to. Can I get an amen? Can I get amen? <laughs> I'm not an epidemiologist. I barely, I had, it took me two weeks to get to where I could pronounce it. <laughs> you ain't neither. But I can tell you something. You and I are children of the King. We're friends of God, the Bible says. Because of Jesus Christ, He has allowed us to be children. He's allowed us in on the mystery. Did you know that? The mystery of Jesus Christ crucified, raised again, ascended, coming back one day. He's clued us in on that. The angels look in on what we know, trying to figure it out. Did you get that? You're a child of the King today. So why in the world would you step down to worrying about what a news station or a president says when the King is in control? So, if I can paraphrase him in one of the texts we had, calm down. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Let him guide you. In the time of trial, he will always give you the peace you need to direct your path. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us, and so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.